Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live at Bowser Chevrolet Studio B in Monroeville. Pit hoops fell to Wake Forest last night. Uh, a lot too, a little. I thought they had some good looks early on in the game. I also thought it was an inconsistently officiated game, particularly in the early going. But Pitt comes up short, and now they're in a precarious position, according to bracketologist Joe Lenardi. He is the most notable bracketologist. He's pretty good at what he does. I follow Bracket Matrix on Twitter. And so what that is, you go on bracketmatrix.com, easy for me to say, it takes all the bracketologists and averages out the seed line among all of them. It's a pretty good indicator of whether your team is going to make the NCAA tournament or not. And right now, Pitt's on the outside looking in. Joe Lenardi on the broadcast yesterday said, a must-win game for both teams to live and fight another day. So I guess we can we can narrow in on the game and then kind of go broad strokes here. But what did you guys see when watching that game last uh, night? I saw Wake Forest hit a bunch of shots. Yep. <laughs> hit a bunch of threes. And whenever you can't stop a team that's on fire like that, it's tough to come back. It's tough to get yourself back in the game or get a rhythm. A lot of fouls called early on Pitt. I think about three or four guys had two fouls within the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, Blake Henson only had two points within the first uh, around like the 10-minute mark. Same with uh, Bub Carrington. Like we said, you know, a game in and game out, those guys aren't on, Pitt's going to struggle, and especially when they're in foul trouble. And, you know, the, you know, the, the underneath and down low, they're just – if a team has a big man that can take control, Pitt is going to be in trouble. And especially whenever you have a big man that can take control and you can control underneath and you're shooting outside, it's just going gonna, gonna to look like exactly like we saw last night. So, I mean, the game as a whole – Pitt just wasn't on last night, and they have to be on every single game in order for them to stay in games and to win. They're not going to get much out of a win over North Carolina State, Florida State, Boston College, and Virginia Tech. They're just not. I really believe that now their season comes down to the Clemson game. If they lose the Clemson game, there is almost, I would say there's probably zero chance they're in the NCAA tournament. They beat Clemson, you get a quad one win on the road, and you win all the rest of your games. I don't know. I think I have a hard time believing that a team that's 22 and 9 or whatever they what, what did we figure out? There? So they'd be 22 and 9 if they won out. They would be 22 and 9, 13 and 7 in the ACC. Right. And you're saying you'd think that that would be enough. I saw Chris I, Carter from the Post Gazette said he thinks that would be enough. It's going to depend on the strength of the bubble, but I will remind everyone that last year they were 21 and 10, a one game difference if they were to win out this year and 14 and 6 in the conference and they barely made it. Right. They made it by the skin of their teeth. So 
it, it would make a lot of sense to me if you're 13 and seven in the ACC and you go 22 and nine overall and you'd make the NCAA tournament. But I, I don't think if they even went out there a shoe in. No, I don't. I, they're definitely not a shoe in now. That's the thing. They really don't have any margin for error. They didn't have many mar- much of a margin for error early on when they were started. What one and five or whatever they were. So, you know, last night I don't believe, I don't necessarily think last night was an elimination. But it was a margin of error elimination. Like now, they have to win out. Yes, you have to win all your remaining games. And 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 and, and if you don't beat Clemson, yeah, I can't see how you're winning. I mean, I can't see how you're getting out of, you know, because then all of a sudden you take that potential for a big resume win off your off the table. The rest of your games are really not going to do much of of anything to help you. Right. there, You just can't lose them because that would only damage your resume. Those games are all damage control, whereas the Clemson game would be looked at as an opportunity. I keep refreshing the NCAA net rankings, which I don't know the rhyme or reason for when they post these things. Sometimes it'll be midnight when all games are done. Bang, the net rankings are out. Today, when I desperately want them to see what happened to Pitt following that loss last night, there's no update. So we'll continue to effort updating that and we'll see whether or not we get that answer before the end of the morning they were 47th uh, in the net rankings before the game last night (sighs) they lost the way that they were always going to lose if they were going to lose though didn't they yes you go nine for 33 from three 27 percent that's not the recipe for success and then i'm not going to say there was head hanging or anything like that but you start missing those shots that you've so routinely frankly made You're going to feel that on the defensive side. And Wake Forest is an excellent offensive basketball team. I think they were shooting darn near 50% from the field coming into this game. It was the perfect storm for a loss. But you can't have it now happen against Clemson. And can this be a rally the troops moment? I I don't know. But now the pressure ratches it up. You mentioned the no no margin for error. You go into that. You got to be Virginia Tech. But then you go into that Clemson game on the road. And there's so much pressure which kind of turns things up in a way that they, it hasn't been turned up to this point for this team. Not this year. Last year, a little bit. I mean, there wasn't pressure, but there was pressure because you're kind of like sniffing it and you're like, okay, we're kind of close. So, like, like we got to win these games. We got to figure out a way to get in. And they did. So, you know, a guy like Blake Henson, he is somewhat used to that. He has been in this situation before. Jeff Capel has been in this situation before. And you learn a lot about yourself and your team when you are in these situations. And if they figure out a way to win out, they figure out a way to beat Clemson, um, we say it's, Pretty damn good job with Jeff Capel and this team so far. And last night, I mean, you, you're going to, I mean, they, they got blown out. They lost. It is what it is. It's still a good job. If they figure out a way to do it down this stretch and to get in, it's an even uh, unbelievable job to get the guys and rally the troops to win these important games. Well, and you think about the way that they, that they went down the stretch last year. They barely lost that Miami game on the road. Had they won it, they'd have been the ACC champion of the regular season. The pressure did get to them on the road against Notre Dame. Now, this isn't the same team at all. You've got Blake Hinson. Uh, you got the big guys. But really, it's a totally different roster construction. I'm not sure them coming up short in a couple of moments last year means that they would this year. Um, I do wonder what the margin for error, or excuse me, the margin of loss does to their net ranking. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing about it is last night I felt for the first time in maybe a few weeks, it looked like a young team, like the really team that, we kind of thought, which we kind of think they are as a young team that really don't know. They just don't know how to respond when, you know, things aren't going well. If you think about some of their losses, 
it's been their inability really to respond and their inability to handle adversity. I thought last night, you know, the two guards, uh, you know, they did okay, but things weren't easy for them. Mm-hmm. And when you try and push through when things aren't easy, you know, that's an experience thing. I've been, and and it, last night it kind of stuff didn't fall early for them. And, you know, Wake Forest, you know, the, the, the one dude was just yeah. flying, you know, throwing darts. All that stuff was going against them, and I just felt like they just never really responded yeah, to it. Yeah, snowball started it just, going. Yeah, and then and then it just ran downhill, and all of a sudden I'm look, I looked up. At one point I looked up, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Their pit's like almost down 30 here. What is going on? Frustration started to set in early. Mm-hmm. When frustration sets in early. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to to come back against a team that is it's it lights out. But then whenever there's frustration early, you got to overcome multiple op- obstacles just to get into the game to stop and to slow down a team that is hot. So like they had the frustrations early. You could see Blake Hinson was upset. He was talking to the refs. Well, it was a bad whistle early too. I thought it, it was, but you can't worry. About no, you got to power through that. You know, Mike Sullivan always used to say, "Just play." Yeah. Uh, they that that would be a critique for me for last night is they did let too much of that seemingly get into their heads. Now, looking at what Lenardi posted following the games, Pitt was next four out going into the game, and they were second from that cut line. Now they're the last team in last four out. So they only they only dropped one spot. And Wake Forest, by winning that game, oddly, only moved up one spot. Now, we'll see what happens over the course of the weekend and more games need to be played. And again, the net rankings haven't even been updated, which is going to have a big say in all of that. Uh, I have a hard time leaving out a team that's 13-7 and in conference and 22-9 overall, but I keep coming back to last year. I, I thought it was bizarre that last season that they had to play in Dayton uh-huh. when, when they were a shot away against Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or a win on the road against Notre Dame, hitting free throws, frankly, in that game, away from winning the conference. I mean, if they had won the conference in the regular season, yeah. what were they really were they really gonna be that close to the cut line? And so, Paul, I agree with you. Like common sense would say 22 and 9, 13 and 7 gets you in. I can't say I'm sure about that. Well, it just depends on how weak that bubble is. Here's the other part of that. Jeff Capel, I understand he was you know, trying to make sure he saved his job and he did a good job. But now he's got to try and bump up the non-conference schedule a little bit so that he's not in this position where he has a chance to win 12 or 13 ACC games and miss the tournament. That should never happen. Um, So he's going to have to do a better job non-conference. Now, again, I understand when you're facing, hey, listen, if I don't win this year, I'm getting fired. You better believe I'm going to dial up, you know, every single uh, horrible team I can find to make sure I get those 12 or 13 non-conference wins. And then it's like, okay, if I only get, I only need seven or eight, and then I'm at 20, 21 wins, right? So my point is I understand why these last few years he really dialed back on the non-conference schedule. But I hate to be the one to say it. He should first call he should make is to Keith Danbrot, hug out. Figure it out. Hey, you know what? We need to figure this out so they can get that game back on his non Yeah, a neutral site with a hundred hundred like, net ranking team. Yeah, it's not a bad win. And there's three or four of those kind of games he's got to bring back. See, I think the bigger issue this year isn't even necessarily the the scheduling. It's that and this is this to me isn't anybody's fault. They're young. And so they didn't play their best basketball early. They play Florida 
in that tournament, right? Yeah. That would have been a quality win. Didn't happen. If they played Florida now, flip a coin. Yeah. Florida's a tournament team right now. Pitt's right there on the cusp. You play that game again in a neutral site, maybe Pitt wins that game. You play Missouri again, maybe Pitt wins that game, right? You had opportunities in the non-conference to get two quality wins there. You and just it, weren't it, developed yet. Right. And if you had beat Florida, I forget who they would have played after that, but so they, they play Oregon State, which is a bad basketball team. They would have played then a better opponent. And so if they would have been better early, then I think their resume would actually look better right now. And that's nobody's fault. That's just the reality of the situation when you're a team in development. But that's a problem that I have with this thing too, is that they, that they weigh supposedly every game the same amount and they don't really afford you the opportunity to get better. Yeah. Like, it, it, they don't really factor it. How's my team playing right now? How's Blake Hinson playing right now? And that, to me, is a massive flaw. I don't think every game is created equal. I think the end of the season should probably be weighted more. And uh, I think the conference tournament should be weighted more. And they don't seemingly uh, look at that at all. Our friend Mike LaCourcy will tell you there's no correlation. We've, you know, we've done all these studies. There's no correlation between teams that play better on the final 10 games Versus, you know, the front first 10 games, there's no correlation. Every game, I completely agree with you. You can't tell me that it's not different now. Well, you know what I mean? And, and okay, so I'm sure he's done his research. Let's say there's no correlation. Just because there's not more success in the NCAA tournament doesn't mean that the team wasn't deserving of making the NCAA mm -hmm. tournament. If being hot doesn't mean that you advance, who cares? It's about whether you deserve to qualify or not the not what you're going to get thinking, done when you the get thi there well the thinking is every team has gotten better so this is because Pitt's better now than they were back then well so is everybody else well, i'll tell you who's not is wisconsin it's leaking oil but they're going to make it they're an absolute shoe in to make it and i would pick Pitt to have more of a run than wisconsin right now we'll continue chewing on this plus the twitter poll question of the day what are the ultimate what ifs in pittsburgh sports we'll touch on that a little bit coming up next call from mom answer it Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I just got to read this text. This is, this is an all-time great text on the text line here for the Fan Morning Show. 
all time, boys. And the fan text line brought to you by Anchor Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. A reminder, we are live. Bowser, Chevrolet, Studio B, out in Monroeville. Here's the text. <laughs> what a great game last night. Go, wake, go. Listening to the pit boy homers cry this morning is great. That performance last night was almost as bad as Kenny Pickett. All right, well... <laughs> You guys think I'm a pit homer? No. <laughs> you think we were crying? We're just breaking down the game and what they need to do. Yeah. Who cried? The only I person cried. who commented on the officials, by the way, this guy right, right here. Me. Pit homer. Me. Adam Crowley, pit homer. That's what I've Big always time. been referred to at. Big time homer. Give me a break. People hear what they want to hear. Yep. I, I will say uh, this. Uh, you know, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was watching the Ohio State-Penn State game. And I forget what happened, but I basically said, you know, that Ohio State benefited from McCall or this and that. All these Ohio people, they must look at your profile. They're going on and on. You Penn State homer, blah, blah, blah. Your team. Uh, like, that might be the first time in my life I've ever been accused of being a Penn State homer. They must not have read your, your column about Joe Paterno yeah. Field, did they, Paul? No, they didn't. They must not have read that far. Those Ohio State people, they can't read anyhow. Sorry, Cam well, Hayward. My bad. <laughs> Ryan Shazier. All right, so one of the things we wanted to do today, I saw someone do this for the Boston Celtics, the ultimate what-if in Celtics history, which, by the way, has to be Len Bias. I mean, clearly, it has to be Len Bias. Anyway, and I, I was thinking, this time of year, we could talk about how strong O'Neal Cruz looks and who's the best shape out of any of the Pirates down there in Bradenton. We can continue to talk about the Steelers' quarterback situation, which we will. Pens, Pitt, we've done that. Why not this time of year? Throw out a little hypothetical. So what are the biggest what-ifs in Pittsburgh sports history? And we could have this conversation if we wanted to the entirety of the show. We'll bring it back a few different times. But the one I think I got the most response on, the two. One, what if Mario stays healthy? And two, what if the Steelers drafted Dan Marino? Mm, Those are two good ones. Mm -hmm. Dan Marino's a good one. Uh, You don't know how he would have, obviously, but I mean... And there's a lot of people that made the connection to Kenny Pickett and all that whole situation. That's why the Steelers drafted him because they didn't want to uh, mess up again. But for me, one of, one of my top ones would be what if the Penguins actually sold and they were in Kansas City? Well, I do wonder. There's just that there was just that study, whatever you want to call it, about the NBA team coming here. If the Penguins weren't here, I do wonder if they have a much better chance of getting an NBA team. I mean, you have to figure, right? By well, now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, the thing about the thing about it is, it's foggy for me. But the, if they don't get if they don't get the number one pick, if they don't draft Sidney Crosby, they're probably gone. They're probably not here because you had Lemieux who poured. You know, they eventually got the arena, and he poured the Civic Arena water on the ice at PPG Paints Arena, and I I, I don't think they're here. They're not here if Yager doesn't score that overtime goal against the New Jersey Devils, and they don't win that series. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Penguins two or three times could have been out of here. I do wonder, do you think people would have rooted for the Kansas City Penguins? No. 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 I don't think that would have been a good market at all for them. Do you think people from Pittsburgh would have rooted for the Kansas City No. 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 Like, do, do, do people in Houston root for the Titans? I don't know. Probably not. Now, now they got a team. Well, but I, we wouldn't I, have a team. I can tell you this. I was growing up the biggest and still am. The biggest Houston Oilers fan. That was always my team. So who do you root for now? I, I say the NFL died for me in 1999 or yeah. 96. Like, do people in Oakland root for the Raiders? And the only reason. Yeah, I, I, yes. Yes. 
Here's the they thing. do. The only reason I I pulled for the only reason I pulled for the the Tennessee Oilers is because they had Steve McNair still. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was a hell but of a one, player. But once they became the Titans, they're they were, and he was they were, they became dead to me. Well, to answer your question, Doran, yeah, I do think Oakland Raiders fans still root for the Raiders. They're kind of used to that, right? Mm-hmm. So St. Louis leaves. The, the The Rams are gone. If you look at the TV ratings for Chiefs games, they've gone through the roof in St. Louis. Yes. So instead of them saying, oh, we're Los Angeles Rams fans, they've become Kansas City Chiefs fans. That's pretty nice for them. That worked out That's okay. convenient. <laughs> yeah, you get the root on the greatest show on turf, then they take your team away, and now you get the root for Patrick Mahomes. That ain't that bad. There's so many people who have tweeted out, texted us, who are reaching out about the greatest what-ifs in Pittsburgh sports history. We'll keep peppering that in over the course of the show at 412-928-9370. You can also tweet us, brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. The Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. Up next, two new names for the Steelers quarterback situation, boys. You tired of this yet? Never. Me neither. Two new names. Uh. We'll tell you where they came from. You'll hear from one of them coming up next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We got to work on the Steelers. Now, a little birdie told me, and I said this many shows ago, if Russell Wilson coming on over there to the Steelers, Cleveland had Deshaun, or the AFC going to be hell. I think right now I saw on DraftKings, the betting favorite is Justin Fields to end up in Pittsburgh. No, he's going to Atlanta. I, I, I always I got, said I, I thought the, he would I be like a script. bit too. I think I also saw that Russell Wilson, the Steelers are the betting favorite to get him. Steelers are the betting favorite to get Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to get all these guys. They're the betting favorite to get everybody. And they're probably just going to try to go with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. We've talked about Russell Wilson. Chad Johnson, that's who that was, by the way. Chad Ochocinco is convinced that Russell Wilson will be a Pittsburgh Steeler. But when Dulac was on with Eisen yesterday, he said the Steelers are not interested, really, in bringing in a guy that's not going to be named the starting quarterback. Do you really think that Russell Wilson is going to come in here if he's told, you have to compete for the starting job. I just, I don't see that happening. If it's his only option. Yeah. I mean, who else is going to want him? If I'm the Las Vegas Raiders, I would consider Do the Steelers that. want him, though? <sighs> and we've, we talked about this yesterday in terms of fit. Everything about Russell Wilson would suggest that he would not be somebody that would fit here. From a purely quarterback perspective, pushing away all of the criticisms of the guy where he doesn't get along with his coaches the last two stops, uh, doesn't get along with his teammates. If we're just thinking about quarterback, yeah, he'd be 
he'd be their best option among Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Ryan Tannehill, I think. I mean, he still put up pretty good numbers last year. They're not getting rid of him because they don't think he's okay. They're getting rid of him because for the price that they'd have to pay okay, they're not willing to pay that price. Mm -hmm. From a quarterback upgrade, he would be one. But I don't think he'd want to come here and compete. And I just don't think you want to bring him in here if you're already sensing division in your locker room about Kenny and you'd bring in a guy like Russell Wilson and say you have to compete, a guy that has already been a part of fractured locker rooms. You're just asking for massive, massive trouble there. Yeah, I, I was trying to connect the dots where, like, Ocho Cinco or Chad Johnson were have gotten this from. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, what's his connection? What connection does he have to the Steelers? What, who's his agent? Things of that nature. And nothing's really coming to mind right now why that they would even want Russell Wilson. And you know, just like you just said, like, it, he, he brings too much baggage. Like, that is not what you want with whatever you're trying to redevelop a locker room after you're running back. Uh, you know, one of the most vocal people on your team at the end of the season, the last game, says that, you know, there's issues in the locker room. And, the, the, and Deontay Johnson said he wants Mason Rudolph. He says uh. that. Like, that, that, like it just doesn't, it doesn't jive with me that why the connection to Russell Wilson would even be a thing. And here's the thing about the division here, Doran. Like, we know the players are split. How far up does that go? How far up the food chain is that split? And here, here's the other thing. Like, if most of the players don't think Kenny Pickett deserves an opportunity to fight for the job, whether it's with Mason or anybody else, at what point do they stop believing in Mike Tomlin? If Kenny Pickett is forced upon them, if that's the way that they view it, at what point do they go, man, this Tomlin guy everybody loves. Everyone wants to play for Tomlin, never had a losing season. At what point do they go, you're forcing this guy on us and we don't believe in him? We don't believe in you then. Like how far up does it go, I wonder? Well, and I think the other thing is if you if if they don't make him Kenny Pickett at least compete on some level and it fails, that's when I could see your scenario where they start to say, okay. Guys are gonna quit. Uh, well, not, I don't know if they're gonna quit, but I think they're gonna say, okay, maybe, maybe it's time for a new voice when I leading say, this team. Well, right. Because when I say people quit, Deontay did. George Pickens did. Why wouldn't that happen again? We've seen it already. I think it goes as far, probably, to, it stops with the offensive coordinator. They're like, okay, Arthur Smith, new guy, new regime. Um, you know, we, we need to win, and we need to play at a higher level. I think it would stop there. I, I don't know if it would get to Mike Tomlin. I don't, I don't think it would. It's so hard for me. I know what As a player. I know what happened at Pitt, right? And so Signetti, we saw that buck get passed to him, rightly or wrongly, by Pat Narduzzi. It seems like that's just the way he runs it. Like You do your offense thing. So, okay, maybe the buck does stop there. I have a hard time believing the buck stops at offensive coordinator with Mike Tomlin. As a player and looking at like kind of who, who calls the shots and if it was a Kenny Pickett situation where we thought that uh, it should be a different guy, I would look at the, the coordinator because like you see it in practice. In film room. Film room. Things that I mean in the games, you know, who's making the right reads, who's who's anticipating stuff, and I would be like, okay, like, are, are we here to score points? Are we here to win football games on offense, or are we just you know trying to adhere to a player and trying to give him his last opportunity? Do, do you and think, that would look yeah. to me would be the offensive coordinator? Mm -hmm. Do you think? Uh, but you, but what you would think that Arthur Smith would be the one making the call that Kenny should play? Um, I think. Yes, I think at this point. Wow. Yeah. Well, that would that would represent a massive power shift in dynamic. Well, I mean, they hired a former head coach for offensive coordinator for a reason. Like, let's not overlook that. 
Arthur Smith was a good offense coordinator in Tennessee, but he definitely was a head coach that got fired. But he was a head coach, and they needed that. And I have personal direct uh, conversation with a player on the Steelers that said, I'm happy that we hired a former head coach to be our offensive coordinator. And to me, that says, like, okay, like, there's power from the head coach, but there's also respect and power from the offensive coordinator because they know as well, even if they were successful or not, as a head coach, they know what the deal is. Well, so there has to be a kind of power uh, division uh, split up there whenever you do hire somebody of that ilk to be your coordinator. It does, at very least, at very least, it gives you the opportunity to say, well, Kenny's learning a new offense, right? Uh, you're going to have to take some lumps. He's learning a new offense. Give it time. Whereas if it were Matt Canada, again, you wouldn't have the opportunity to say that. I mean, I could see even that being a small part of it. Here's another name, boys. Here's another one. Of course there's another one. Rich Eisen says Jimmy Garoppolo could be an option for the Oh, Steelers. my goodness. You know who stinks, boys? Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's always hurt. And he just got suspended for two games for, what, uh, PED or whatever, performance-enhancing drugs. That would be ridiculous. Jimmy Garoppolo they, is such a system quarterback. He needs to be on the right side. We're, we're reaching the point now in the season where every quarterback that's available is going to be linked to the Steelers. I would rather have Joe Flacco than Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would rather have Jacoby Brissett. Agreed. 100%. 100%. And Tannehill, the best. If we're looking for a pure backup, Tannehill, I think we keep circling around on this. I think that's the best option. Jimmy Garoppolo? Come on. Who... I, I, the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is he's one of those guys that seems to thrive on not being terrible. But yeah. I don't know that he yeah. ever is really any good yeah. either. I mean, he's just not terrible. The Steelers, they had a recipe for disaster for Jimmy Garoppolo whenever they played the Raiders this year. It'd be insane for them to think that he would fit at the quarterback position for them. Whenever they played the Raiders, they got after Jimmy Garoppolo and they, they figured out a way to, to kind of make him human. Uh, and and go out there and and throw errant passes to get after him to get him on the ground to to be physical with him. Why would you, if you know that you could beat a guy like that, why would you take a guy like that? Yeah, I, I that wouldn't make any sense. That would be an absolute non-starter for me. If one of my scouts came in, or if Omar just tosses it out there, or Wide will toss it out there. No pass. Next guy, swipe right on Tinder. <laughs> Absolutely not. I got a name I haven't heard anybody bring up. While we're in the business of doing this. Chad Ochocinco, he says Russell Wilson. Rich Eisen says Jimmy Garoppolo. Everyone and their mother says Justin Fields. I got a guy. I'll tell you who that guy is coming up next. And you can either laugh at me or you can agree wholeheartedly. I don't imagine there's going to be anything in between. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge Jeep Ram, Route 19, and Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Ray Fittipaldo, our Steelers insider from the Post-Gazette on the Fan Hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. I said I got a quarterback that I don't think anybody else has mentioned. Now, I've also been told on the text line that my idea of trading Gensel and then bringing him back in the offseason, Starkey brought up yesterday, oh. which sucks. I hate Star One of the greatest compliments I can pay to a radio host is... I turn on Starkey's show, and I think, dang it, why didn't I come up with that? And he does that every single day. So it sounds like he beat me to the punch on the Gensel thing. I don't know that anybody's beat me to the punch on this one. Doran guessed it during the break. I said, there's a quarterback the Steelers should at least kick the tires on and see if he's available in a trade. Huh. And Doran guessed correctly. Trey Lance. Why not? You want to talk about competition? Real competition? I think Dallas traded for him because... 
they wanted to fuel Dak Prescott and maybe wanted to put into his mind, hey, man, if you don't get it done, maybe we'll move on. Just kind of like love but not with the Packers, mm-hmm. with Roger. Give him that little shove, and then he went winning two MVPs. Dak Prescott had a wonderful season. I'd try to see if Dallas was interested in moving him. I wouldn't pay a lot for him. Sixth or seventh round pick. You know, once that car is where a Bowser, Chevrolet, Monroeville, once it drives off the lot, the value's not so good. Sixth or seventh round pick for a guy that could compete who is two years younger than Kenny Pickett with a big-time upside. That If you're looking for competition, I think that's is, the perfect kind of the, dude. The problem is, is he good enough? I, I don't know. I, I don't do know. know. I do know. Why is that? I thought it was a terrible pick when they picked him. I thought he was a guy that they completely way overreached for, that he was over-evaluated because of a couple of physical tools. But if you watch, what's, I at least watched the guy play in college a little bit. I never, ever thought, boy, that's an NFL player right there. A lot of people think the Steelers reached on Kenny Pickett, and we're still waiting to figure out about him. And, and here's the thing. Maybe they did, but at least when I watched Kenny Pickett, I said, here's a guy that has the size and, you know, but can – make most of the throws, and he's got a lot of what you were looking for to be an NFL quarterback. I never once said that about Trey Lance. Well, save for Mason Rudolph, who can you bring in that would legitimately be a competition guy that doesn't want to come in and he's definitely crowned the starter? Because I'm looking for those guys. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, but where's the upside there, right? I don't mind him as a backup at all. He did nice things in Cleveland. Yes. He really did. But to compete and be a starter... I want a guy that can come in and compete and actually has upside. I'm with you. I don't know if the guy's any good, but you bring him in as your third quarterback. I, I don't what see do much think, risk there. What would you be willing to give give sixth up? Sixth or seventh? Anything richer than that's too much. A sixth, uh, but again, Dallas. I don't know if they're going to give you a sixth. correct. Do it for six. I think so. Dallas wants Trey Lance around because he can emulate Dak Prescott the best. And we've seen this past year. I mean, how many quarterbacks? There's one week in the middle of the season where there was eleven backup backup quarterbacks starting in the league, and it's very valuable to have that guy. And whenever you don't have to miss a beat at, with your backup quarterback and change your offense. Um, that is very valuable. And I think that that's kind of how they look at Trey Lance. Like, okay, if Dak does go down, like this is the best, you know, plan B that uh, we have. Uh, this is going to sound crazy. And don't take this like I want this to happen. I'm but ready, it's a baby. different scenario. The guy that could have some upside was in a bad situation that would create some competition, but you could see him as a backup. What about Mac Jones? He, he'd fit in that category. I, he was pretty good his first year. Right. And his red zone numbers were through the roof. He got put in a roof. bad situation. He, so we know the situation Kenny was put in. Bad, 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 bad. That situation, arguably worse. First year, pretty good, honestly. Then no offensive coordinator. <laughs> like, what? And then Matt Patricia. Like, what are you doing there? I, do I love that? No. Do I love the Trey Lance thing? No. I think both reasonable options. I really do. We'll talk to well, Ray Fittipaldo about that coming up. Well, next. here's my question, because we've been talking about this for the last two weeks or whatever. Yeah. What's your best? If you could just close your eyes and say, this is the best case scenario for the Steelers quarterbacks. Is Like, is it Mason and Pan- Kenny? Is it Fields and Kenny? Baker is Mayfield. It- okay, Baker Mayfield and Kenny. That's what you're saying? Yes. Yep. So, okay. What about you? I, could, I wouldn't argue with that. I actually, I don't think I would argue with that. Baker Mayfield. Same deal. Yep. Of all the guys that are out there, Baker Mayfield probably would be the one that yep. I think you sign him and it makes some, some sense. 
We'll talk to Ray Fittipaldo about all the quarterback stuff, but there's also other Steeler stuff not related to quarterback that he talked about in his chat that I want some clarification on as well. We'll do that with Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette coming up next. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high 57. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 